0: All right, good morning. Teaching others also. This is Friday morning, December the 10th. This is our week of doing each broadcast on a daily basis. Try to make it as if it was going out live over the air. And I trust that if you're listening, you'll get some kind of blessing or help or conviction, whatever it is God's trying to do. You know, with things like this, sometimes you, you, you are reminded that it's completely by faith on this end, on our end. And um, I trust you will pray for us if you're, uh, you know, consistent listener or if you're new to it. And I trust that uh, in, the, in process, God will give us some handfuls of purpose to let us know and encourage us that we're doing this in a way that is a blessing to God's people. We've been talking about of the Holy Ghost this week, of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to tie a few thoughts together under the title of the Holy Ghost when it comes to the ministry, ministry of the Holy Ghost. Not the ministry, because we wouldn't ever cover that in a a short 15-minute radio broadcast. But let's think of ministry of the Holy Ghost. If you have a Bible, open it and go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, I have been told that that uh, it's good to open your Bible when you're doing these things because we do quite often look at several scriptures and context can mean everything and you might better jot something down and go back and look at it later. Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, we have the revelation, you might say, the God is working into the church age and in Acts chapter 10, 10 is the number of the Gentiles, You have a fellow named Cornelius. The Lord tells him to call for Simon Peter. He sends some people. Simon Peter comes and Simon Peter preaches the word of God. Verse 44, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter. Because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift and notice it of the Holy Ghost. Now we're not going to do a whole lesson here on how that works, signs and wonders, I'll say this it's simple the the Jews require a sign, the Greeks seek after wisdom. Uh, what God is giving them is some evidence at that particular time in history of that that he has blessed them, given them the gift of the Holy Ghost. He does it in a way that will help the people who are in attendance who are observing that are from a Jewish background, okay? The Gentiles didn't need what they were going to do in verse 46, I heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They didn't speak gibberish or they wouldn't know they were speaking in tongues. They spoke in a different language of the area. Here's my point. The Holy Ghost is the gift of God. It's it's a gift from God. We get to have in this time called the church age, we get to have this time when Because the Lord Jesus Christ has come and sealed everything and purchased everything, we get to have in us, Christ, the hope of glory. It's Christ in you, Colossians says, the hope of glory. So the ministry of the Holy Ghost, some of it is connected immediately with God giving us a witness in our hearts that is done by the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 15. It's not about you trying to speak some gibberish. It's not about you trying to manifest it. And the reason I definitely wanted to get to this this week is to remind you as a believer that one of the things that makes being a Christian so amazing is what we have within us. And it is counterfeited. It is imitated. It is twisted and all that by every other possible source of spirituality in the world because it's unique. It's God in you, the hope of glory. It's the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity. He told us to go preaching and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. If you remember that we looked at uh, yesterday. So get this. Uh, Acts chapter 15. Acts 15, would you mark it? And God, which knoweth the hearts, bear them witness, ready, giving them the Holy Ghost, even as he did unto us, and put no difference between us and them, purifying their hearts by faith. This is a testimony by Peter that the Gentiles were receiving Christ and God was doing for them and in them the same thing he was doing to people who had been Jewish believers and now had become Christian believers in Jesus Christ, okay? And in Acts 15, that's a watershed moment where the Lord takes and he uses Peter's testimony and Paul's testimony and brings to their minds what God was doing. One of the ministries of the Holy Spirit is He's a witness to us. He's a witness. He witnesses to us. He bears witness in us. Paul says, for example, in Romans 9, 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. And then he says that I have great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart. I could wish I were accursed for Christ for his kinsmen according to the flesh. So you understand that what he does coming to Romans 15, Romans 15. We're going to look at a handful of verses and I trust you'll follow up on them. I trust you'll take and, and just take these 15 minutes and let it be like a seed for the day and a seed for some thought and follow up on it. I know that that at least one of the comments I've gotten is that that really helps when you take and open your Bible, take a few notes and that it starts coming through in a deeper sense because we live in a time when people want to absorb everything just by hearing it and then walking away. Well, nothing in life works that way. Nothing valuable the way God made it. We have to put some effort into it. And I trust that you might gain the benefit from that. Romans fifteen thirteen. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of, of the Holy Ghost, See, hope, he said the, the God of hope fill you with joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope. As a Christian, one of the greatest things you need in your daily life is hope. Now, now hear me out. Not hope that he's going to change the government necessarily. Not hope that he's going to change the economy necessarily. Not hope that... Everything's just going to be okay, you know, case No, no, not at all. It's hope in God. It's hope that God will keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. It's hope that God will prevail, not just about government and all that kind of stuff, but mainly about you and I being victoriously faithful. The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. Look at Titus chapter 3, Titus 3. I'm pressing on through some of these references because I'd like to get several of them in today because I think that one of the greatest things that's been diminished is is an awareness of the ministry of, of the Holy Ghost. You see, we are Bible-believing Christians. We are unashamedly Baptists in our association. I'm not all for titles because I know a whole lot of people who say they're Baptists and they've gone way away from the faith. But of all the things you could be, of all the things you could be, a Bible-believing Baptist is as close as there is to identifying with a body of truth. But because of that, through the years, people have become more and more afraid of talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost because of the charismatic movement, because of the ultra-metaphysical movement that would assign everything to the Holy Spirit and, and make the Holy Spirit life uh, one of manifestation rather than ministry. And in so doing... The enemy of God, the devil himself, has diminished the power in the lives of many a Christian. You have power in your life, not by some experience of speaking in tongues or hallucinations or dreams. You have power of the Holy Ghost in your life by your daily life. Watch. We're going to pick it up in Titus 3, verse 4. But, After that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration. Now watch, and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. We recently did a thing about good works, okay? Did a week of it, I believe. Look at verse 5, renewing of the Holy Ghost. We have to have that renewing. When he said that we might be careful to maintain, right? Right? Verse 14, let us ours also learn to maintain good works. It's part of the ministry of the Holy Ghost to help us renew us, renewing of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is what you need to be renewed. Now, do we consume the word? Yes, because it's the sword of the Spirit and He uses it. The ministry of the Holy Ghost is not scholastic. It is not studious. It is not informational. It is spiritual and supernatural. Now, it is not for you to manifest to someone so they'll know you have the ministry of the Holy Ghost in you. No, it's so that we can maintain good works, the kind of good works that God says are good works. You ready for this? Now, now hang on. Our life is supposed to be such that we are full of the Holy Ghost. And we are to, think about your Savior. He went everywhere doing that which was good, it says. You know, a lot of Christians are almost scared of that today. Bible believers have have thought that somehow you've got to be a a rabble rouser, troublemaker. You don't have to try to be. And you aren't spiritual because you cause trouble. You're not. And we don't back off from anything. We're not afraid of any of that kind of stuff. We're not afraid of trouble. But I know this. The thing that manifests the Lord Jesus Christ to those out there is when it's a Christ-likeness. Now, some of y'all just want to be like he was when he faced up the Pharisees and called them scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. But there's a whole bunch of other side to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it sink in a minute. We need the ministry of the Holy Ghost continually. You need it when you're waking. You need it when you're sleeping. The Holy Ghost, on behalf of the Father and the Son, does not bring glory to himself or to you. He brings glory to Jesus Christ. Why is that so absolutely important? Here's why. Because you and I are not intended to have a life that's in and out, in and out, up and down, up and down throughout the day. Christians have been willing to settle for that. They've been willing to settle for an existence that is much less than God wants for them. We need to have in our hearts and minds, okay, this constant awareness. Go to Jude real quick. Jude, right before Revelation, the book of Jude. We need to have an understanding that whatever you're involved in in the day, it's supposed to be because God wants you to be, okay? Go to Jude, book of Jude, right before... Hit Revelation, the last book of your Bible, and it's right there at the beginning of it. That whatever you and I are doing, we're to do hardly as unto the Lord, not unto men. And it's supposed to be touched by the Holy Ghost constantly. Now here's a part of that ministry. Jude, verse 20. Jude, verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost, keep, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I, I want to leave you at the part of the ministry of the Holy Ghost is praying in the Holy Ghost. That's not working something up. That's not going into a trance. That's not having some kind of special, you know, cognition. But this is something you should think of. Lord. I want the ministry of the Holy Ghost in me, and I want to pray in the Holy Ghost because that's how we accomplish the most important work on earth, prayer. See you Monday.